intensified situations. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Middle East, uh, service members uh, killed on uh, Sunday drone strike uh, right in uh, the Jordan-Syria border. And so much going on. The captain uh, and all that uh, he has to bring uh, to the table. Uh, as in GlobalThreatSolutions.com. Uh, Always remember that. GlobalThreatSolutions.com uh, for peace of mind in uncertain times. Go, go to the website. Uh, it's a tremendous website, GlobalThreatSolutions.com. Remember, it's a 100% veteran-owned Long Island-based security investigations firm offering so much. Armed, unarmed security services, residence patrol services, luxury retail security uh, executive protection, uh, civil, criminal case support, law firms, background checks, you name it, all there, globalthreadsolutions.com, and a call, any questions, 646-946-6649, the aforementioned captain. Uh, on a moment's notice, we need him, he's there all the time. Um, great having you, sir. I'll tell you, uh, the question is retaliatory a type of strike here. Three service members killed. You know, the report now comes out that, uh, and here's a big question I have. So if one thinks that this was uh, an American type uh, of uh, situation, American type of drone surveillance type stuff, uh, where was the Pentagon in all this stuff, Cap? That's what I want to know. You mean to tell me the Pentagon can't figure out with all the technology and everything we have going right now in this world, we can't decipher who's good and who's bad here? Welcome. Morning, Jay. Yeah, I mean, that's the latest that we're hearing right now. It just unfolds that we lost these three soldiers. They've identified them now at the, on this attack at Tower 22, this small post they have right by the border of Iraq, Jordan, and Syria. And now the latest that's coming out, they say it's still under investigation, but they're saying that we had a U.S. drone returning to base, and because of that, they must, they, it was mistaken identity of this enemy drone as it was coming in, and that's why it wasn't targeted, and it was so successful in, you know, killing three soldiers and, and injuring, I think it's 40 now. So the investigation unfolds, but either way, a huge, uh, a tragic mistake. Um, or an error in the system that we have in place there right now. And this, you know, as far as the response, we know that President Biden said, we shall respond. That's all we've heard. But, Jay, I have to say, unless they say this, this requires a massive response, this attack right now. We no. know it was Iran behind it. We know it's their proxy. And if we don't see that response, that appropriate response for something like this, which should be an overwhelming response, then let's bring everyone home. Everybody in the Middle East, because they're just sitting there like targets right now. Yeah, the city ducks. You know, it's it, you go back to the days, the, the botch withdrawal, and the 13 service members killed in Afghanistan, Cap, uh, two and a half years ago. Uh, you know, same type of deal here, folks. Um, if, if we don't have, and I'm talking a serious response here, Cap. Uh, I, listen, I am not advocating to get into a war with Iran right now. I, I don't wish that. I, I don't want any any more of our members killed? I don't. Uh, but, you know, these these strikes that we have, we've had 165 strikes, give or take here, okay, since October the 17th. Now, we have awakened, I understand that, we've had three members killed here. But what have we been doing? 
over the last several months. My goodness. Uh, you know, the attacks yeah. in the Red Sea and everything else, there's been a couple of retaliatory hits here and there, but my goodness, it hasn't been enough to send that message. And you need a message right now into the heart and thick of it. And I am talking Tehran. I am talking that. And anything yeah. less is a slap on the wrist. I'm sorry. That's how I feel. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, you look at, you could even look at the Red Sea also and say that, you know, had we targeted more aggressively these missile sites, that we could have prevented these attacks. The same thing in the Middle East right now. We know where these proxy groups are. We know the leaders. We know where they're operating. We know where their bases are. After how many attacks does it take, Jay? After maybe 50, should we said, hey, let's hit every single target there is. Let's completely destroy their capabilities in Iraq, Syria. Let's do it right now. And I think that's what we need. The type of response right now has to be comprehensive. People need to wake up tomorrow and see the paper and say, oh, my God, we hit 80 targets. We sank two Iranian ships and we targeted their nuclear facilities. That's the kind of response we need right now. And we're, it's like, what are we waiting for? At what point? What are we waiting for? 300 attacks? Are we going to lose hundreds of soldiers before we decide to take action? Nobody. Wants you don't have any war. confidence. Nobody wants a war. No confidence in this administration at all. Uh, you name them all. You know, Lloyd Austin comes to the table yesterday before a secretary out of NATO as well, sitting across the table. He's reading from papers, and he can't even put. Uh, you mean tell me you can't? Freely speak of what's going on, Mr. Secretary. I'm telling you, this is a clown show between Lloyd Austin, the president, and Alejandro Mayorkas. Hopefully, impeachment goes through today, another big day. And, uh, you know, a guy who can't even call the migrant deal a, a crisis refuses to tell the truth to the American people. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. It's unbelievable. I'll tell you, it's unbelievable. It's outrageous. Now, what about this agreement on the table in Qatar? I mean, do we really have faith with Hamas officials to carry it out as far as a ceasefire and everything on board. Listen, nothing starts without the hostages coming home. All, all 100. 100. Including Americans, Captain. That's where it starts. And if it's not put in play, it ends with me. Yeah. So, you know, we have leaders from Egypt, Israel, Qatar, and the U.S. And they're, they're trying to broker this deal, which essentially would be a ceasefire. For two months, and over those two months, uh, Hamas would, in groups, release all of the remaining hostages, all of them. Uh, but the, the sticking point with this is going to be, what is what does that mean? This, the whole, during that two months, it it's supposed to be that they're working towards a permanent end, a current end to this conflict right now, and that's where the sticking point is going to be. And also, the big question is, like you said, Jeff, we're dealing with a terrorist group. And when you're dealing with a terrorist group, how do you negotiate with a terrorist group and hope that they're going to, you know, negotiate in good faith? Um, that's the real issue. And I think the bigger picture is what is the, okay, let's say they do the two-month, they have a ceasefire. Let's say they even give back all the hostages. 
what is the end game? What is it going to look like? Because I know Israel's view of what it's going to look like in the aftermath of this conflict and Hamas, those are two completely different things. And I think that's where the sticking point's going to be. What are we going to look, what's this, the, the, what is Gaza going to look like after this? And I don't think Israel could possibly, they don't want a two-state solution, and they definitely don't want to not have a security presence there after this. Yeah, I mean, listen, Hamas wants the complete withdrawal of Israeli forces from Gaza. No chance. I want the hostages back. I want all 100 of them back, right off the bat, right off the bat, or there is no deal. Because the IDF will keep their word here. Hamas, forget about it. I want all all 100, all 100 lined up, ready to go. Ready to go? Yeah. That's it. That's the starting point. Otherwise, we got no deal. That's what I tell Cutter. No deal. Unless I see 100 hostages lined up. No deal. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Sorry. And that's what the Israeli people want. You know, he's he's getting, Netanyahu is getting a ton of pressure from the Israeli people, especially the families of these hostages. It's a huge sticking point. It's been a long time now that these people are there. We know the conditions they were in. How many of them are no longer even alive, might we right. learn. So, Cap, I, I the, uh, the Captain, obviously, the Global Threat Report, uh, special edition. Um, uh, are we really moving closer to taking that rare step of impeaching a cabinet official here? And I'm talking Alejandro Mayorkas, high crimes, misdemeanors. Obviously, his handling of the border has been a disaster. Uh, even though you have a lot of ex- constitutional experts that have said the evidence doesn't reach that type of high bar, so to speak. Uh, I don't understand that at all. I mean, what more of a bar do you need with a fentanyl that killed 70,000-plus Americans? Well, I mean, do you need more proof? Any more evidence? As far as what's going on here, not only to mention the gang members that have been allowed in this country, unvetted, that have killed U.S. citizens? I mean, what kind of, what more proof do we need here? This is what I understand. In your estimation, right. are we getting close to getting this done? I, I would say that I'm not holding my breath for a full impeachment of Mayorkas. I think the value in this whole process is shedding light on everything that's been going on, everything that's contributed and led to this crisis we see at the border. I agree with you. I read the same thing. You know, I'm not a constitutional expert, Jay, but a lot of uh, constitutional experts are saying this doesn't reach the you know, um, level of high crimes and misdemeanors. So the big thing I think that Republicans can hold their hat on is they're going to say that he was intentionally failing to enforce the laws of, of the United States, and that's something they're trying to hold their hat on. And I can't even understand how you can't say that he's done that. Um, it seems very clear to me that he is – this has been – this isn't a case – this is another argument, Jay. They're saying this is just policy differences, or this is just incompetence. You can't impeach for incompetence. Well, this is not incompetence. Jay, we both know this is highly intentional and orchestrated since the day they took office to open up this border. I mean, they're literally fighting other state authorities to make sure people can continue to get through when they've had success in that park where they have the bar bar. No one's getting over it. No one, not a person is getting over it. And they have a solution, and they're literally fighting with them to go down there and reverse that. This is more than incompetence. Um, what I would say in the bigger picture... Jay, is if this, if 
there, if the Constitution does not afford us the tools to impeach him with what we've seen on the border, it reminds me so much of what we've seen with these activist DAs around the country. A district attorney who comes in and says, you know what, I am unilaterally deciding we will not enforce this law because I don't like it. I personally don't like this law, so we're not enforcing it. That's not their role. They're not lawmakers. They're law enforcers. And if we don't have a mechanism in our government at every level to start impeaching people like this and removing them from office, I feel even charge them with crimes, then we need to have one. Because this is insane. That is, they're obviously, this was never the intent of the founders. This was never the intent of, of the governments in all of our states. But this is what we're seeing. This is the equivalent of an activist DA coming in and saying, I will not enforce these border laws because I don't like them. Listen, it's, it's an absolute disaster. This guy is nothing but a, a liar. He lies to the American people uh beyond belief i told you when i go through tsa and i see his mug on that screen it makes me ill uh it is a disaster beyond belief to not recognize the severity of a situation that puts american lives at risk uh that's when you have to go you're not competent for the job he has to go there's no question he has to go uh lloyd austin has to go uh, Jennifer Granholm has to go. Pete Buttigieg has to go. I could go on and on and on. The worst cabinet ever assembled in American history. Okay? The worst. It's an absolute disaster. I'll tell you one more thing that bothers me. And I'm going to say this. We have to really think about the United Nations. The United Nations, folks, remember as a kid, if you were lucky enough to get a class trip to the United Nations, you know, you tell your, your mom, your dad, hey, we'll go to the United Nations, you know, the United Nations. It stood for something. It stood for peace. And now it pretty much stands for fraudulence. That's right. Fraudulent behavior. Funding has to stop, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, it's not about those 13 relief when work, you know, the staffers who took part in the massacre that's come out now, folks, including, uh, what is it, nine actual Hamas terrorists? It's not only about that, okay? Uh, it's a disaster. You go back even to the Six Day War of 1948 and everything else, refugees and everything else, the Arabs against Israel. That, was, that seems to be a front right now. It is unbelievable. When you read about UNRWA's main purpose and everything involved here, Cap, uh, I'm sick over this. Absolutely sick over this. Funding has to be cut off. The U.S. has to really think this. Whoever the next president is, this is a priority regarding the United Nations. Yeah. You, you know how I feel about the U.N., and, and I feel I use the analogy of the self-licking ice cream cone because it just exists to exist. They accomplish nothing. But now this is worse. This is beyond that incompetence. This is uh, now we literally have terrorists in the ranks. They're responsible. Some of their actual employees, they're saying this intelligence report we got from Israel, they're showing that we have 12 employees of this UNRWA that are were literally involved in this attack on October 7th. But there's more to it. This report, Jay, shows that 1,200 of the U.N. Relief and Works Agency, UNRWA, 1,200 of the 12,000 employees have links to Hamas 
or Palestinian uh, Islamic Jihad. That is insane that we're even... And our money is going to the U.S. So much of United States money goes to the U.N. At a minimum right now, we need to seriously suspend funding or a massive part of the funding we're giving to the U.N. until we determine if this, this organization as a whole is legitimate enough to support, especially this agency within the U.N. We should cut off all funding, and we're not the first ones. Countries are cutting. France just cut funding to this agency. Why would we possibly support this? It's criminal. Yeah, it's, uh, it's beyond criminal. It is incredibly, uh, you know, it's, it's beyond lunacy. Let's put it that way. As far as the United Nations and who and everything that stood for with the United States puts more money in the pockets of the United Nations than countries combined, China especially, right? I mean, it's unbelievable. And now you have this that comes out with some of these staffers. It's beyond belief. It really is beyond belief. Cap, you're always there on the call. We can't thank you enough. Uh, and we'll talk to you as we move on with this week. Peace of mind in uncertain times. Globalthreatsolutions.com. I implore everybody to go to that website. It is an unbelievable website that gives so much as far as the services. Cap's right at the, at the helm of it. Tremendous company. Um, we'll keep an eye on things, Cap. I can't thank you enough. 